0: For those in the United States, I hope you had a good Labor Day weekend a couple weeks ago. For Labor Day, our family packed up our car and drove north of our home in Arizona to visit family in Colorado. We knew it was going to be a long drive, but wanted to make sure we saw some beautiful scenery along the way. So we took a longer route, but one that would take us through the tall pine trees of Flagstaff, Arizona, and then east, nearby the Grand Canyon, and through a vast open land of the Navajo Nation. The Navajo Nation is a Native American reservation that covers parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, and is home to almost 300,000 Native Americans of the Navajo tribe. While driving through this land, we were able to see the towering buttes of Monument Valley. The buttes are tall red mountains that are thousands of feet tall and magnificent to see in person. It's likely if you've seen a movie about the American West, you've seen these fantastic buttes. Today we're going to learn about a few of the people who were born here and their adventures that started back in 1942, around 80 years ago. At this time in Europe, World War II had been raging for two years. But in the United States, people were still going about their daily activities, attending school, working in stores, tending farms, and raising children. But suddenly on December 7th, 1941, The U.S. state of Hawaii was attacked by enemy planes. Big battleships were sunk and many lives were lost. The U.S. had to respond and save their nation, but how? Military leaders got together and discussed a battle plan. They gathered soldiers, ships, tanks, and planes. Next, they needed to find a battle language, a secret code, to relay messages back and forth. Their enemies were good at cracking codes. They did it in World War I, and they were currently doing it in Europe during World War II. So what kind of code could they use? They needed a language that is unknown and very difficult to speak and understand. During the First World War, the U.S. used Native American languages, like Choctaw, for their codes. Nineteen Choctaw warriors were sent into battle to relay secret messages. The enemy couldn't understand this language. They thought the U.S. had created some type of machine to record voices underwater. However, after World War I, the enemy learned about this code and sent students to the U.S. to learn Choctaw, plus other Native American languages such as Hopi, Comanche, and Cherokee. The U.S. military leaders needed to find a new language, something unknown to most people. An article about this search was printed in the papers. Back at that time, Philip Johnson reads about this search in the newspaper and has an idea. As a child, he was raised on a Navajo reservation with missionary parents, meaning religious people who helped the Navajo. He knows how to speak Navajo, a language that is not written, has no alphabet, and is very difficult to understand. The same Navajo word can mean different things based on the tone of voice used or if the word is spoken in a high voice— a low voice, or even a rising or falling voice. This would make the perfect code. So Philip contacts the U.S. military, and after a lot of convincing, they agree to use Navajo as their code. They find 29 young Navajo men who are bilingual, meaning they speak Navajo and English. They were from the Navajo Nation, spread across the U.S. states of Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah. The men are sent to Camp Elliott in San Diego, California for boot camp and training. There is much to learn. They need to learn how to jump over high walls, crawl quietly through jungles with huge backpacks, shoot rifles, and hone survival skills like reading maps, building fires, and bandaging wounds. But these Navajo soldiers have to learn even more. They have to create and memorize a secret code, plus use a special radio to transmit these codes. These young men are smart. They know that the enemy might understand certain Navajo words, so they turn their language into a secret code. Sometimes they will use their original Navajo words, and sometimes they will change words. For instance, in English, the word cat starts with the letter C. The Navajo word for cat is "mosi," So now they will use the word "mosi" to mean the letter C. They do this trick with all the letters of the English alphabet and then they do something even more amazing. They think of military words like captain, or patrol plane, or minesweeper, and think of animals or objects that look or act like those military objects. For example, a captain wears a pin with two metal stripes on his uniform. The striped pin reminds the Navajo of railroad tracks. So the code for captain is now two tracks. A patrol plane soars through the sky looking for things below, like troops or tanks or ships. This reminds the Navajo of a bird that likes to fly and look for things on the ground. Thus, they call a patrol plane a crow. And a minesweeper ship cruises through the water looking for things in its way. The Navajo code talkers say, that's a beaver. And that's how they build their code, by turning military words into Navajo words with a secret meaning. Very clever. Now even a Navajo speaker will not know what they're talking about. Finally, the code is ready. Now it needs to be tested in battle. 400 trained Navajo code talkers are sent to the Pacific Islands of Iwo Jima, Tarawa, Guadalcanal, and Bougainville. The fighting is fierce. The noise of guns and grenades is deafening at times. The code talkers work in pairs with no code books. Everything is memorized. They can't risk the enemy finding the books and learning the code. They can hardly think, speak, or hear each other with all the noise during intense battles. And other times they have to be very quiet when speaking on the radio, especially at night, so their voices or the squawk of the radio will not give them away. They relay messages day and night, such as where U.S. planes and ships should land or fire, where the enemy is located, where to send more troops, or where to pick up injured soldiers. This is incredibly important work and is very stressful and tiring. Plus they have to stay safe themselves through all this action. They are always the first to land and the last to leave in battle. They're on the front lines of battles learning important information to pass back to their commanders. It's very hard for them to stay alive and send accurate messages every day. However, they successfully send over 800 messages during the Battle of Iwo Jima, alone without one mistake. Due to their heroic actions and their secret code, the U.S. wins the famous Battle of Iwo Jima. The Navajo Code Talkers served for three years in battles all across the Pacific Islands, relaying thousands of messages, saving many lives, and securing victory in the Pacific with the U.S. Marines. The enemy never cracks their code. Finally, the war ends and the Navajo codebreakers return to their home and families in the Navajo nation. Some have died bravely in battle, but many have miraculously survived. Their code and mission remain secret and confidential for more than 20 years until details are released in 1968. That's because the U.S. military continued to use their Navajo code in other battles such as Vietnam and Korea. In 1982, President Ronald Reagan honored the Code Talkers and declared August 14th Navajo Code Talkers Day. In the year 2000, President Bill Clinton awarded Congressional Medals of Honor to 29 of the original Code Talkers, followed by additional award ceremonies in 2001 by President George W. Bush and 2017 by President Donald Trump. Code Talker Pete McDonald states, What a privilege God had given to us to do that job, for selecting the Navajo. He opens his old, faded codebook. With a finger, he traces across the page and lands on the word America. Beside it is the Navajo code, Our Mother. His weathered face breaks into a grin. The Navajo have helped save America, their nation's mother. I think we owe a large debt of gratitude to the Navajo Nation and the brave young men who fought so valiantly in the Pacific, relaying thousands of messages swiftly and accurately while under extreme battle conditions. They offer us many important life lessons about duty, honor, service to others, bravery, courage, and so much more. Each of us in our own way has something to offer to the world, a skill, a talent, a helping spirit, or a language? Just think about amazing things we can accomplish if we work together and help one another. What's your special gift, and what could you do to better your own community? We hope you enjoyed this episode about the Navajo Code Talkers and their unbreakable code. Be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode.